When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, hey everyone, I just wanted to give you a warning that this mini-episode is going to sound very different from most of the other mini-sodes we've released, if not all the content we've ever released. And that's because it's a recording of a live show we did via Zoom without any microphones. We're just putting up the Zoom recording, which, no offense Zoom, but you know, it doesn't sound the best. And we we didn't want to add the additional stress of having to record all the actors and musicians um, with microphones while we were kind of setting up this episode. So we just kind of left it in Zoom's hand, knowing that we would release it in the feed with this announcement so that people wouldn't be like, hey, why did Greater Boston sound quality go down so much? Thank you for everyone who could attend that live event. It was a lot of fun. Um, and if you're interested in seeing it or uh, listening to some of the Q&A that took place after this mini episode, think about joining our Patreon. In the meantime, enjoy Council of Evil, and we hope we'll be back with more content for you soon. Take care. Good evening. This is Chuck Octagon, and welcome to the Greater Boston Live Show for the Council of Evil. Just a few notes on how you can best enjoy this live show. Uh, shout out to Kat for pointing this out. If you hover over yourself while on Gridview, there should be three dots in the upper right-hand corner. If you click them, you can hide all non-video participants and just have those that have their videos on. Make sure that you've joined with computer audio. If you did not, then there's no way you're hearing me say this right now, which is too bad, because I am giving you helpful information. There will be a brief Q&A after the show, at which point you'll be welcome to raise your hand in Zoom, and if called on, unmute your microphone and turn off your camera. You can also type questions in the Zoom chat upon the completion of the performance. Please be advised that this performance features a major spoiler from the end of Greater Boston Season 3. Unauthorized guests who did not purchase tickets will not be allowed entry. Violation of the rules laid out, including interrupting the performance in any way or potentially making the performances or guests feel unsafe, will be met with immediate dismissal from the Zoom account. And with that, sit back and enjoy the Council of Evil.
is. This is. Raider Boston. Mr. West. What the blazes? Your punctuality is one of your finer virtues, a good quality for a subordinate to possess. Wow. Nice digs. Is this the same office where I met you last time? It looks quite completely changed. It is, yes. I, I'm sorry. Yes, it is the same. Oh, yes, it's completely changed. A distinction without a difference, Mr. West. Uh, That's a saying I've always been fond of, applicable to so many situations. Uh, Tell me, how are you enjoying your new responsibilities as Redline's Secretary of Propaganda? I assume you're referring to my role as Editor-in-Chief of the Herald United of Redline. That's the aforementioned situation, but do go on. It's going well. Readership is growing, particularly among commuters. We're debunking reports by the underground, article for article. And I hope you were pleased with the nauseously fawning editorial about Emily's passes-for-the-classes system of tiered station access. Are those dolphins? How'd you get them up here? Uh, Porpoises, actually. An easy mistake. But they're not really here, Mr. West. Your office is full of imaginary porpoises. Not imaginary imaginary at all, Mr. West. These Hmm. porpoises are, in fact, quite industriously going about the business of existing in reality. Just not here. I see. I very much doubt that, Mr. West. And what about the Bespins? Where exactly are they indulging in the business of existing in reality? I understood they were expected at this meeting as well. The Bespins, I find, are much more the sort to take other people's time as their own. Emily, in particular, expects punctuality of others, but feels no obligation to reciprocate the courtesy. But no matter, they'll be along shortly. They're just about to board the elevator, in fact. Emily is rather looking forward to this ride. Inside this little three-foot-by-three-foot box, Ethan will have no choice but to stand right by her side, close enough that he could easily slip his arm around her. Nothing would give her greater satisfaction than to feel his fingers brush across her back to rest on her hip. He won't do that, though. No matter how hard she tries to will him into that very specific gesture, using mental powers that she does not possess and never will. 
Quite the contrary. Ethan has tried to give her as wide a berth as possible, to the extent that he has inadvertently leaned against the control panel, lighting up an entire column of buttons. The ride will take considerably longer as a result, as they must stop at every even as they must stop at every odd-numbered floor and wait for the doors to open and close again before continuing their ride. Emily doesn't mind. But nevertheless, the ride comes to an end in short order, and she finds herself trailing behind Ethan as he propels himself impatiently toward the large wooden door prominently adorned with the letter N. There's no need to run, my sweet potato dumpling. We won't miss anything important because they can't do anything important without us. I've time enough to waste at Leisure's Call, but bottled tropes are corked by sentiment. I'd rather just go where I'm going. An elevator is for altitude, and here we are before the man on high. Who are you to disrupt my work? Identify yourself, and I'll disgorge your name like bile each time I give it spit. Hello, Mr. Bespin. The name you're looking to sully would be mine, but... Names are purely a social construct, and not one I put much stock in. You saw my letter on my door. For the purpose of this conversation, all you really need to know is that I am Legion. Insofar as I possess Legion's authority of signature and sanction. You control my funding. Yes. Relate your piece, you'll have my ear, but ticks run short like mice before the owl. Are, are those dolphins? I've already had this conversation. Let's not repeat it. Ignore them. They're just tricks of the light. I see how it's done. I guess this is all of us, huh? Whole council of evil, all together in one place. Please, let's not be so pedestrian. We're the council of success, more like. I know it's the fashion these days to equate success with evil at every opportunity, but we know better, don't we? We're the people who work. It's only natural that we win out over the people who don't. Some of us have work we'd rather be doing right now. Um, I don't see why we should protest the description. We did induce a rather abrupt case of homelessness for several thousand people. If that's the price of achieving our goals, so be it. But there's hardly any sense in denying that we are the bad guys. I do think we're rather obvious about it. And my nephew's instincts on these ethical vagaries tend to have a certain clarity that I've only recently begun to appreciate. Whatever. That editorial you wrote about passes for the classes wasn't fawning enough. <laughs> Next time, I expect some real down-on-all-fours, chewing-on-a-salt-lick fawning. You know, like a deer. One that doesn't want to be venison. Yes, yes, I understood the metaphor. No need for supplemental clarification. Are we the baddies? What? Huh? Oh, oh nothing, just a reference. Uh, are we the baddies? It's uh, this sketch where two Nazis notice the skulls on their hats and start to wonder, uh, you know, uh, if that... Uh, Philip, perhaps the long version of the story can wait. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. Uh, it'll be funnier if you see it yourself, anyways. And what of you, Mr. Bespin? 
care to weigh in on the state of our souls? Philosophy beguiles the idlest minds with shadow puppets dance and problematic trolley crash, but ethics carry water like a hat can wield a head. I wear whatever hat I like in white or black, the Milner works the same. My job is to keep the trains running and I do. Utility begets more goods than good and pound for pound are bad begets no less. A box of either is just a box. Distinction without difference belies a mind too little fired by will or self. I know who I am when I come eye to eye with the abyss. I eat my lunch. The void prepares the fries. Let's finish this so I can get some fondue. (laughs) I knew there was a reason I liked you. Uh, I'm going to posit that once you or your associates have ventured into threatening to subjugate the literal abyss to make it your fry cook, Any objections to your villain status really should fall by the wayside. Uh, Not to rush things, but I'm supposed to be on my beat in a half hour, and Emily docks my pay if I'm late, even when she's the one who made me late. That's Mayor Bespin to you. And Ethan, my dulce de leche tres leches with extra leche, this meeting is a surprise all for you. If this meeting is for Ethan, why am I here? Why, to finalize our arrangement, of course. You owe my sweet Panucci an amusement park. That was the deal. Your numbskull nephew gets work release, and my Ethan gets his mechanical cheese boondoggle. Now that we can afford to keep it, thanks to me paying myself the extra good mayor bucks. The mayors make that much? I didn't really think it was a do-it-for-the-money kind of job. The best mayors get the best pay. It's only fair. Obviously, I'm the best mayor. So, Wonderland, my font of joy, it's mine? Yes, my sweet. Just as soon as Phil signs the damned thing over. Finally. I can't. I mean, not yet. So cruelly dreams are snatched by toadish men. The inheritance process has hit a snag or two. I don't care. Declaring Uncle Ollie formally dead without Aunt Autumn signing off on this whole complicated thing. Plus, there are tax issues. Not my problem. Your problem. Hmm. Once Philip accepts ownership of Wonderland, he will be responsible for taxes on the property's full value. And an amusement park is worth quite a lot. Even a failed and ridiculous one that is presently covered in cheese. I don't need to know any of this. Just sign over the park. I've literally got $17, like, total. And okay, I got a job now, but most of my pay goes to student loans. I still... Wait, you went to college? That's very surprising. Let me guess, liberal arts major. Agricultural engineering. Really? Yeah, Harvest Moon was really popular when I started, so I figured there'd be good work in game design for people who knew farm stuff. Turns out it's a real tough industry to crack, though. Anyway, the point is, Phil can't pay the taxes. I am deceased and have no access to my own finances. Otherwise, someone in Phil's position would simply pay the taxes out of the income from selling the property itself. But, as you're acquiring the property from us through extortion rather than purchase, that puts a rather a crimp in the funding supply.
I suppose Legion might be able to advance you a loan to cover the taxes. If that would help move the process along. At an interest rate of our choosing, of course. There you go. Done. Yes, of course. I would expect nothing less than for you to make this process as onerous and financially debilitating as possible. Yes, perfect. Um, if I get a vote in this... You don't. I might rather hold out for a better option. That loan sounds pretty shitty. I'm not sure you fully grasp the situation here, young Mr. West. You're the pawn in this scenario. You're not one of the players. You realize I can have you thrown right back in jail, right? Trust me, I totally get that. But I'm still the guy who has to sign the paper. I'd just like to have some chance at a future for myself, too. If that's at all possible, just give me a little more time, okay, to figure this out. Very well. A bit more time for the pawn. Excuse me? No. No more time. Just crush him already. That's what he's for. Yes, do that. Crush him like the heart of a child learning the truth about Santa. Ahem. I do apologize for interrupting your hubris, Mr. and Mayor Bespin, but it seems that you've forgotten who makes the decisions and who merely receives them. There is no further need for discussion. The pawn amuses me. I'd like to see how he scampers. I do enjoy watching the show. So we'll wait. Just a little while longer. In any case, there's no sense rushing to a solution on the funds before Oliver is properly dead. Spin your wheels while you can, Philip. But when the time comes, you'll sign what needs to be signed. There won't really be any other choice, will there? No. I guess there won't. No choices at all. Boston is written and produced by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. This live show featured Mike Linden as Oliver West, Michael Melia as Philip West, Sam Musher as Emily Bespin, Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin, and me, Alexander Danner, as the narrator. All music was performed by Emily Peterson, Dirk Tedy, and Adrienne Howard. Thank you. Yay! over <laughs> it went great you guys did a great job i um, never realized how hard it is to do oliver's voice in a tie <laughs>
we're just gonna have to train you and get you to record like that more often oh is that okay no i mean uh, all right the fable and folly network where fiction producers flourish where am i welcome to desert skies traveler your journey through the physical plane has come to an end i am the attendant my colleague here is the mechanic. Yo! This is your last stop on your way to the great beyond. It's our job to make sure you're prepared for the ride. Now, before hitting the road, we have an impressive selection of over 34 varieties of microwavable burritos. Um, what, what, what's going on? There's gotta be a better afterlife than this. I mean, come on! Uh, that's offensive. Something seems to be wrong with me. You left something major undone i have a life outside of this gas station you know you quite literally do not any hobbies nope ever travel nope. love interest are you kidding oh my god you're like the human version of a plain bagel cash register how can i help you attendant play some music you got it it's kind of funny though what i needed wasn't back there it was here waiting for me i wonder what it feels like mac to miss the physical plane the people you left behind? You know, I had a wife who died three years ago. Wish I could go back. No, you don't need to go back. You just need to be here. And a new traveler approaches. Ready, team? Ready. Good. Let's do this. Find Desert Skies wherever you listen to podcasts.